There's something curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Commence episode now. All systems remain nominal. Nominal, nominal, nominal. Hello and welcome to UK Astronomy's June Sky Guide. Now it is June which means it's not going to be great for astronomy, really. I think we only get a couple of hours, maybe, of uh, true darkness. And also, the June planets are pretty much much the same as they were last month, unfortunately. Venus and Mars are low in the western sky, just as the sun sets. Venus is looking absolutely stunning. I think it's just reached its sort of maximum elongation from the sun. So it's now, this month, going to be slowly moving back towards the sun. So it's going to get slowly worse, but we'll have it at least for another month or so, hopefully. Saturn is creeping up in the 2 a.m. sky, so you're going to have to get up early to see Saturn. Jupiter is around about 3.30 a.m., just as the morning sunrise kind of starts lighting up the sky, so not great for those two planets. Mercury and Uranus, pretty much the last to pop up from the east, but they are quite close to the sun this month for us to actually see them at the moment. Neptune is kind of between Saturn and Jupiter, below the kind of pentagon that represents the, the right-hand fish of Pisces, but again, really not in a great place to spot. So for planets, it's not really that good, but there is plenty more for us to see throughout the month. Now, it is a time of year, as I said, really you're only gonna get about two hours of true darkness each night, and that's in the UK. Obviously in other countries it's different. The moon is out of the way between the 12th and the 23rd, so that's gonna be the best time to get out and look for any sort of summer galaxies and nebula and globular clusters, which there are plenty of. There's absolutely loads out there that you can see in the summer months. Obviously, they're just not gonna be at their best, really, unless you can get out one, two, three in the morning. So if you're a crazy astronomer like us, that's absolutely fine because we do that, because we enjoy it. But normal everyday people don't generally like to sit out at 2 a.m. unless there's something you know special going on in the sky. It's also still not to lose in cloud season. So we spoke about this last month. Pop out around 90 to 120 minutes before sunrise or after sunset and see if you can spot these cool sort of wispy white and blue clouds made up of like frozen particles of meteor dust in the sky, really high up in the atmosphere. Now, if we actually go on to dates now, on the second, Mars is going to sit in the middle of the cool beehive cluster. When you actually look at the beehive cluster itself, binoculars are perfect for this because it's quite a big cluster. Mars will be like a red shining companion amongst the stars of this cluster. So it's a wonderful little swarm of about 1,000 stars. It's one of the closest clusters at about 577 light years. So that's still quite far, really, if you think about it. But it's closer than some that are out there. And all the stars are actually, they're all created by the same nebula, all in the same sort of area, this big wispy, cloudy, high hydrogen, helium, all these elements and stuff all wisping around, clumping together to create these stars. So they're all kind of created in their own nebula all together, which is quite cool to think about when you're looking at them. We move on to the third. The moon rises around 9.20pm and it's going to rise with the red star Antares, slowly sort of appearing from below it. And then over the course of the night, it will seem to move up to the moon's right-hand side and then back down away from it as they move in the sky together over the night. So you're actually going to see the moon and the star kind of moving around each other. It's more the moon, to be fair, and the way the Earth moves as well. Now, Antares is one of the uh, largest known stars, has several hundred times the diameter of our sun, and it's in the constellation of Scorpion. So imagine that, several hundred times the diameter of our own sun, which is massive on its own. It's like 99.8% of everything in our solar system. So imagine how huge this star is when you're out there having a look at it. 
We move on to the fourth. Venus finally reaches its greatest elongation. I thought it was a little while ago, but it's not. It's actually this month on the fourth. So it's going to reach its greatest elongation. And then from this point, it's going to start moving back towards the sun in our skies. And it's only really going to start heading back towards the sun, getting lower and lower and lower and lower throughout the next month or two. For a telescope, it's going to appear to be around about a half phase as you're looking through it. As the sun's glinting on the right-hand side of it at the moment, you'll have a shadow on the left-hand side. So it's still there for you to see, probably a month or so, and then it's probably going to go too close to the sun, appearing on the other side, maybe in a month or two. Moving on to the fifth. Now, I have read about a cool moon feature or phenomena. As we know, we like a phenomenon, and it's easy to say, phenomenon. It's known as Zeno's Steps. So as the moon tilts this side towards us and the light starts to shift off of it, a crater called Zeno will be visible kind of like to the top right hand side of the moon. You may need to download an app called like Moon Maps or Moon Globe HD is also awesome. Shows you everything that's on the moon and you know what the actual phase of the moon is at the time. This crater Zeno will be visible there and then I believe it's to the top left of the actual crater itself. It may appear to almost have like three steps heading down. They almost kind of look like rice paddies that you see in China and places like that where you have the sort of steps of them where they're doing all the rice down the mountainside. It looks like three of them from what I can see from the pictures I've seen. I've not seen it myself yet. So this crater was actually photographed by a guy called Danny Cares or Says. It was at the Public Observatory of Gwent, Belgium. I think he's the one who actually found them and said that they look like stairs going down to this sort of crater. So if you have a look on the notes, the picture's right there. The one he took's there as well, credited also, because obviously it's his picture and he's one of the first ones to discover it. And it may be worth having a look and see if you can spot them on tonight's moon. We move on to the 13th. Venus is now atop the awesome beehive cluster. So it was Mars in the middle. Venus is now going to kind of be above it in the evening sky as the sun sets. You'll need a nice clear northwestern horizon because it's going to be about twilight and very low in the sky. A pair of binoculars will be best, as I said, because it's quite a big cluster. So a telescope may not get all of it in view, whereas binoculars will. Just be careful because also there's a setting sun. Don't look at the sun. It's not good for you. So it look quite cool. You're a Venus really bright with this cool cluster just below it. Right, if we move on to the 14th, the thin crescent moon is now going to sit next to the gas giant Jupiter in the early morning sky, just before sunrise. As we know, the sun's really quickly approaching these planets. So you've only really got about maybe half an hour, an hour, get a decent view of them before the sun starts rising. If you can see the moon there, you can get your telescope on it. You might spot a crater called Grimaldi, which should easily be visible. Although there is debate as to whether this is actually a crater or a small mare. It actually looks dark in colour and it actually kind of looks more mare-ish and they think it might have been covered up by other bits or other impacts and things like that. Its age is around about, they say it's less than 3.9 billion years. They actually think it was probably a mare that's been covered up and stuff like that. So have a look out, see what you think. See if you think it's a mare or a crater. Have a peek. So the 17th, the earliest sunrise of the year occurs today with the sun rising at 4.38am from the centre of the UK. This is where they measure it from, the centre of the UK, because it can be different depending if you go up and down the UK as things are like uh, ISS transits and things like that across the moon. Slightly further down, you won't see it. Slightly further up, you won't. 
you have to be in the right place. From the centre of the UK, 4.38am. Now, it's only going to be a few seconds compared to the following days or the ones before, and it's going to be light when we wake up for a while, which is nice for us who have to get up early and go to work, but not so nice for the astronomers out there. Moving to the 20 to the 25th. Over these next five sort of days or nights, you can watch the thin crescent moon, meet Venus, and then Mars in the evening sky. So moving on to the 21st, happy summer solstice. This is the day the sun reaches its most northerly point in the sky. <laughs> so there's lots of different things that the sun does that we seem to celebrate. And it's a time of celebration for our ancestors who created whole monuments in the celebration of the uh, changing seasons. As you know, we've got Stonehenge and places like that, and they found Woodhenge, and there's loads more places probably hiding as well that we haven't found yet. So our ancestors really did depend on the seasons, and the sky helped them learn when it was coming next and what was going on. With that, it may be time to spot the Summer Triangle. So you've got a Summer Triangle up in the sky, and it's created by some of the brightest summer stars. You've got Deneb in Cygnus, the Swamp. You've got Vega in Lyra, the Harp, which is quite a small constellation. And then you've got Altar in Aquila, the Eagle. If you make a line between all three of these really bright stars, it makes a huge triangle in the summer sky. And our ancestors used to look at this and say, right, it's officially summer because now we can see this big triangle that they kind of made up in the sky. Last but not least, moving on to the 30th, the moon catches up with it to the red star Antares again. So we spoke about Antares being one side of it. Now the moon's going to catch up with it again. So it's almost done full kind of circle. It's going to be to the left as the sun sets. And over the night, the moon will again gradually get closer and closer and closer to the star before setting around 1.30 a.m. Ending the month as we started it. Don't forget that you can access the show notes for this sky guide on the dedicated page for this episode. Just click on the little button at the bottom of the page that says explore this episode. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, clear skies, guys. And remember, there's a billion worlds in your back garden. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.